0: Welcome to Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tarmity, where it's all about health optimization, anti-ageing, longevity and being the very best you can be. Brought to you by lisatarmity.com. Well, hey everyone and welcome back. Fantastic to have you here. Today I'm going to be talking about AMPK and mTOR, what the hell are they? (laughs) Two different pathways that you really, really need to know about. I think this is absolutely crucial to really understanding these two uh, particular pathways that can affect how long and how well you live, and you need to know when to turn which one on and how to do that. So um, welcome into this channel, we're all about longevity, anti-aging, biohacking here, so please hit the subscribe button make sure you hit the bell button Uh, and we'll be doing these sorts of things regularly and I have a podcast also called Pushing the Limits so make sure you check into that as well. Um, So mTOR and AMPK and we want to explore their roles in promoting health and longevity and discuss the importance also of something called autophagy as well. So Let's start with AMPK. Now, AMPK is an energy-sensing enzyme that is found in the cells that acts as a master regulator of cellular metabolism. So it's like a switch that turns your body on when your body needs more energy and wants to maintain cellular balance. So activating AMPK triggers a cascade of cellular responses aimed at maintaining energy balance. It also enhances metabolic efficiency and promotes overall cellular health. AMPK is often referred to as the metabolic like master switch because of its central role in regulating various metabolic processes within the cell. So here's a couple of things that it does. So it does energy sensing, so it serves as a seats of your cellular energy status. So when the ratio of adenosine triphosphate or ATP, that's our energy molecule, to adenosine monophosphate decreases, indicating a low energy state, then AMPK is activated. Now this activation occurs in response to factors like exercise. So if you're out for a marathon, that was my career doing ultramarathons, um, you're going to be in a state of AMPK activation. Um, Calories restriction also can do this and having low glucose levels can do this so it enhances the glucose uptake into the cells so this is particularly important for cells that rely on glucose for energy such as your muscle cells and enhanced glucose uptake helps replenish ATP levels and support cellular energy production it also helps with fatty acid oxidation so this is one that many of us want to do um, so ampK stimulates fatty acid oxidation which is the fat breakdown within the cells. Now this process generates energy and helps to prevent the accumulation of excessive lipid stores and goodness knows we as a society have problems with that. Now this is beneficial for managing lipid metabolism and preventing lipid related disorders. Now it also does something called mitochondrial biogenesis. So AMPK activation promotes the generation of new mitochondria and those are the little cells in that produce all the energies the little organelles that we have inside ourselves now this leads to increased mitochondrial capacity and improved energy production so more mitochondria more energy production It also does something called autophagy induction, autophagy. So AMPK activation triggers autophagy, which is a cellular process that involves the breakdown and the removal of damaged cellular components. So things like organelles and proteins Um, and autophagy helps maintain your cellular health by removing toxic materials and preventing the buildup of damaged structures. So it's like taking out the garbage. And if you're not doing a lot of autophagy you can have some problems. It also has um, an inhibition of anabolic processes. So AMPK inhibits energy consuming anabolic pathways such as protein and lipid synthesis. Now this redirection of resources from growth related processes to energy preservation is essential during times of energy scarcity. Um, it helps with improved insulin sensitivity. Another thing that I see in my clients often is insulin resistance and problems with insulin or diabetes, pre-diabetes, that type of thing. So this is a very important point. So AMPK activation can enhance in- insulin sensitivity, making your cells more responsive to insulin's actions. Now, this has been uh, very beneficial for glucose regulation And for reducing the risk of insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes, which really is the gateway to so many uh, age-related diseases that we get when we get older and we get these things, although uh, diabetes and pre-diabetes is happening younger and younger these days. Um, anti-inflammatory effects. So activated AMPK has anti-inflammatory properties. It can suppress the activity of pro-inflammatory molecules and pathways, contributing to reduced inflammation and improved immune function. So you think about your immune function and when you get attacked by viruses or that sort of thing, or if you've got lots of pain in your body, lots of inflammation, this is something you want to activate. Now, cellular protection, so AMPK activation supports cell survival during times of stress. It can help cells adapt to various challenges, including oxidative stress, nutrient deprivation, and other environmental stresses. So in summary, activating AMPK promotes energy conservation, metabolic efficiency, and cellular resilience. Its effects are geared towards maintaining cellular health and optimizing energy utilization and adapting to changing energy demands. Now, AMPK activation is beneficial for overall well-being. Okay, Um, so now let's go back to mTOR. What is mTOR? mTOR stands for mammalian target of rapamycin. And mTOR is another crucial pathway that controls cell growth, protein synthesis, and metabolism. So, what happens when we activate the mTOR pathway? Now, activating the mechanistic target of rapamycin Mycin pathway triggers a series of cellular responses related to growth, to metabolism, and various physiological processes mTOR is a protein kinase that plays a central role in regulating cell growth, proliferation, and survival. So let's look at cell growth and protein synthesis. One of the primary roles of mTOR is to promote cell growth and protein synthesis. And when mTOR is activated, it stimulates the translation of mRNA into proteins, contributing to cell growth and the production of new cellular components. Uh, It stimulates a a stimulation of anabolic processes. So it promotes uh, energy-consuming anabolic processes, such as the synthesis of proteins, think about, you know, muscles, hair all that sort of stuff lipids and nucleic acids now this is essential for cell proliferation and growth and it also activated mTOR plays a key role in promoting cell division and proliferation and it drives the cell cycle allowing cells to replicate and to multiply multiply (laughs) um so, nutrient sensing, mTOR functions as a nutrient sensor, responding to the availability of nutrients like amino acids, which you get from your proteins and things, and energy sources like glucose. So, when nutrients are abundant, mTOR is activated to support cell growth and metabolism. So, that's a really important point. When nutrients are abundant, when you've eaten, when you've done something, like taken food in, that's when it's activated and that supports cell growth and metabolism now you think that's always good but we'll get to that later why that's not always good just interrupting the show to let you know about my longevity and anti-aging supplement range. I'd love you to go and check it out. Go to my website, lisatarmity.com, and hit the shop button, and you'll see a curated range of supplements, the latest in anti-aging, longevity, health optimization, performance optimization. I've gone out into the world, interviewed the most amazing doctors and scientists, as you'll know if you follow the show, and gone and got some of the best products that are out there. Stuff that I give to my family, that what's in my range so go and check it out at lisatarmati.com. so mitochondrial biogenesis mTOR activation influences mitochondrial biogenesis which involves the generation of new mitochondria now mitochondria are critical for energy production And a whole lot of other things. And mTOR helps regulate their numbers and functions. So we want lots of healthy mitochondria, not damaged dysfunctional mitochondria. And this is what's important from here. Now, stress responses. mTOR activation can respond to various cellular stresses, including DNA damage and nutrient deprivation. It helps coordinate adaptive responses to ensure cell survival. Inhibition of autophagy is the next thing. So mTOR activation suppresses autophagy. Another important point to note, a cellular process that involves the breakdown and recycling of damaged or unnecessary cellular components. And the inhibition of autophagy autophagy, supports cell growth and survival. So the next thing is immune function. MTOR plays a role in immune cell activation and differentiation, and it contributes to immune responses by regulating growth and the function of immune cells. uh, Tissue regeneration, it also, uh, MTOR activation is important for tissue repair, and the regeneration after injury and it supports the rapid proliferation of cells needed for tissue healing this is why if you get injured if you get sick that's when you want to be in this building phase in this mTOR activation synaptic plasticity as well so in neurons mTOR activation is involved in synaptic plasticity which is critical for learning and for memory processes so if you've had a brain injury if you had any sort of neurological thing going on something to think about now while m MTOR activation is essential for physiological processes. Dysregulation of this pathway can lead to health issues. So, overactivation of MTOR has been associated with conditions like cancer. That's just uncontrolled cellular growth, basically um obesity, and metabolic disorders. So striking a balance between mTOR activation and inhibition, such as through autophagy, is crucial for maintaining cellular and overall health. So various factors, including nutrient availability, Growth factors and stress influence the activity of this mTOR pathway. So here's the key differences. AMPK promotes cellular energy conservation, while mTOR stimulates cell growth and proliferation. Now, promoting AMPK and mTOR. So certain factors promote AMPK activation, such as exercise, calorie restriction, and low energy states, not when you've not eaten for a while, maybe been fasting. And on the other hand, mTOR activation is driven by nutrients, particularly amino acids. So balancing these pathways is really, really crucial for healthy aging. So too much activation of mTOR can lead to issues like accelerated aging, an increased risk of chronic diseases, and impaired cellular health. So finding that right balance is absolutely essential to prevent these negative effects. But on the flip side, excessive AMPK activation is also not without its consequences. So too much AMPK might lead to excessive catabolism when you start eating yourself and muscle wasting. So you see this sometimes in older people when they're not eating enough and exercising enough and don't have as much growth factor. So it's about striking the balance. So people that are, um, to give you a good example, like bodybuilders who are always in this mTOR, unless they understand this process, and then they go through cycles. But if you are just in that muscle growth Uh, state all the time that can shorten your life yes you'll have big muscles but you'll also accelerate the aging process so how can we achieve a balance between these two very important states or pathways now researchers believe that balancing md and AMPK pathways through lifestyle choices like intermittent fasting or even longer fasting through exercise and good nutrition could potentially extend our lifespan. So this is what we want to know about longevity. How do we extend our lifespan? So both pathways have their benefits. MTOR activates promotes uh, muscle growth, tissue repair and immune function, crucial for building and maintaining a body. But on the other hand, AMPK activation supports cellular energy production, fat breakdown and autophagy and the cellular cleaning process that removes those damaged components. So let's just talk a little bit now about autophagy because it's another really important concept. It's like your cell's recycling system. It breaks down and recycles damaged or unnecessary cellular components, which promote cell health and longevity. So it's your, your way to actually rejuvenate your tissues. So AMPK activation triggers this autophagy, as I said, allowing cells to remove waste and damaged structures, which which supports tissue repair and rejuvenation. But it's not just about cellular cleanup. It plays a vital role also in the immune system and helping your body defend against infections and diseases. And speaking of pathways, have you ever heard of rapamycin? Now, this is a drug that inhibits mTOR and promotes autophagy. So researchers are exploring its potential to extend lifespan. In fact, it's the most promising drug we have right now and delay age-related diseases. And I did a deep dive into this with Dr. Ross Pelton, also known as a natural pharmacist on my podcast, Pushing the Limits. And Dr. Ross has written an entire book on rapamycin. It's that important. So it's called uh, Rapamycin, mTOR, Autophagy and Treating mTOR Syndrome. A bit of a mouthful of a title, but a really great read. So I highly recommend that you go and listen to that podcast. I'll put the link down below. And also grab Dr. Ross Pelton's book. Uh, He is brilliant. The author of, I think, 13 books uh, really knows his stuff. So balancing AMPK and mTOR and autophagy can play a role in extending our lifespan and promoting our overall health. It's about finding that sweet spot between growth and conservation. So let's dive into a, now a little bit of a history about rapamycin. So hang in there with me because this is really interesting to discuss the use of rapamycin for cancer and for immune suppression. And now they're using it for life extension. And that might sound contradictory, but it isn't really. So let's dive into the history. So rapamycin is also known as sirolimus. It's a naturally occurring compound that was first discovered in the soil of Easter Island, also known as Rapa Nui. It it was isolated from a bacterium called Streptomyces hygroscopicus, I think that's how you say it, in the 1970s by scientists looking for new antifungal agents. And initially, rapamycin's antifungal properties were explored, but its potential for medical applications expanded over time. In the late 20th century, researchers began to investigate rapamycin's potential as an immunosuppressant to prevent organ rejection in transplant patients, and it was found that rapamycin could inhibit the immune system's response to foreign tissues, making it a really valuable thing for preventing rejection in organ transplant recipients. Later, scientists also recognized that rapamycin had anti-cancer properties, that it could target the mTOR pathway, which is frequently dysregulated, as we said, and it's definitely dysregulated in cancer cells, leading to uncontrolled growth. So this discovery opened new doors to its potential use as an anti-cancer agent. So then we uh, went to immune suppression. So rapamycin's uh, rapamycin's immune suppressive effects made it particularly useful for preventing graft rejection in those transplant patients. And it was approved by the FDA for this purpose in the early 2000s. And additionally, rapamycin-coated stents were developed to reduce re-stenosis, re-narrowing of blood vessels following angioplasty. Now, rapamycin for life extension. So in recent years, researchers have explored the potential of rapamycin for extending lifespan and delaying age-related diseases. Now, studies in animals, including mice, have shown that rapamycin can extend lifespan and improve health span, which is the period of life that you spend in actual good health, which is what we're really all after. Now, the drug's ability to target the mTOR pathway and promote autophagy is believed to play a role in these effects. So Dr. Ross Pelton's book on rapamycin. Um, so as I said, he's a pharmacist and author. Uh... Um, And this is a really practical guide to understanding and using rapamycin for longevity, for cancer prevention, and to enhance health. And the book explores the potential benefits of rapamycin for extending lifespan and preventing cancer, and um, it really provides the insights into the scientific background of rapamycin's effects and offers practical guidance on its use. So in conclusion, I think rapamycin's journey from a soil-derived antifungal compound to a drug used for... immunosuppression to then being used for cancer treatment and then as a potential life extension showcases its versatility and its evolving role in medicine. And as with any medication, the use of rapamycin for life extension should be approached with caution and with consideration for its potential risk and always with a qualified healthcare professional under their guidance who is used to using rapamycin before you consider. So this is definitely not met as as, as uh, medical advice, of course, and this is just for informational pers- purposes and educational purposes only. But I am personally on rapamycin. My mum, who's 81 and who has cancer, is also on rapamycin. Um, and I think it's a, it's a very powerful, Thank just interrupting the show to let you know about our patron community here and the podcast at Pushing the Limits. We've been going for eight years and we really need your support to keep the show on air and free to everybody so that everyone gets this fantastic information uh, from all these great doctors, scientists, athletes, business people from all around the world. So we would love you to come and join us. You get a lot of exclusive member benefits when you do, but really it's about supporting the show and keeping it on air. and For a coffee or two a month, that it would be fantastic if you can come and join us. You can go to patron. That's patron. and check it I all out. I just got in my age test back from True Diagnostic, and my age of rate, uh, age of um, aging, no <laughs> rate of aging. Sorry, um, which they use the Dunedin Pace uh, for that. Came back at point six nine, which which is really really exceptional. And I don't know if it's just rapamycin because I do a hell of a lot of things. I do <laughs> everything though on demand, pretty much, from peptides to um bioregulators to supplements to hyperbaric to red light to you name it, I do it. Um so don't know if it's that or not. But um I'm very, very pleased with that rate of aging. And um I've seen an improvement in my immune system since I've been on rapamycin. So maybe something to check out and to consult your doctor on. But back to AMPK and mTOR. So I hope you're still hanging in there with me. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe if you like this content. really appreciate it. If you can leave a comment down below, if you've got any questions, let me know um, as well. But back to AMPK and mTOR. So what can we, besides rapinomycin, do to upregulate autophagy and the AMPK pathway? And there are several natural compounds and lifestyle factors that have been suggested to potentially activate AMP uh, AMP kinase or support its activity. Now, keep in mind that the effects of these compounds can vary from person to person. And again, is important to consult with your healthcare professional before any significant changes to your supplement regime. But here are some of them. Um, one of my favorites is spermidine. Spermidine is a polyamine that's found in wheat germ. Um, it's one that I'm developing for one of my uh, formulations for my company Avum Labs Limited. Um, we are a longevity and anti-aging uh, um, longevity supplement company and spermidine is going to be our, one of our first things out of the gate. So this is one of our first products that we're going to be producing and it's going to be combined with um, some other things that also support this pathway. So stay tuned for that. So one of my favorites. Next one is resveratrol, which is found in things like red wine, but don't go out and drink lots of red wine because there's lots of bad things in red wine. <laughs> um, but it is found there. And certain fruits and resveratrol has been studied for its potential to activate AMP kinase and improve metabolic health. And then there's berberine, Um, which is found in various plants and has been shown to activate AMPK and improve insulin sensitivity. That's a good thing too. Um, something I'm also on quercetin um, this is a flavonoid that is found in foods like apples and berries and onions and quercetin has been linked to AMPK activation and anti-inflammatory effects and then there's curcumin I mean what, what is curcumin not good for this is found in curcumin and it has um, AMPK activating properties and is known for its anti-inflammatory effects then there's EGCG epigallocatechin gallate found in green tea and this has been studied for its potential to activate ampk and support metabolic health then there's omega-3 fatty acids these are the crucial ones we want to make sure we're getting enough omega-3s we tend to have way too many omega-6s in our current society sometimes you know like 20 times as much as we should have it's all about the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio and we want more omega-3s so these healthy facts commonly found in things like fish oil have been associated with ampk and improved insulin sensitivity then of course exercise um, regular physical activity, especially the high-intensity intensity interval training and endurance-based exercises can stimulate AMPK activation. Fasting and calorie restriction, and these practices can lead to AMPK activation as the body seeks to um, alternative energy sources. And that's a hard one, I know. That's why sometimes I'm keen on... Um, Fasting memetics like spermidine, um, then cold exposure. Um, This has been shown to activate I- AMPK and then high fiber di- diets can also um, help with AMPK. So there you have some great things to add to your regime now what about mTOR what activates mTOR so mTOR integrates signals from these factors to regulate cellular processes such as growth protein synthesis and metabolism and here are some key factors that activate the mTOR pathway so amino acids number one one of the most potent activators of mTOR is the presence of amino acids especially essential amino acids like leucine Amino acids are essential building blocks for protein synthesis, and their availability signals to mTOR that the cell has enough resources to support growth and protein production. Insulin. So insulin is a hormone released by the pancreas in response to elevated blood sugars, and insulin signaling stimulates mTOR, especially in tissues like muscles, by promoting nutrient uptake and utilization. So this is a problem when we're constantly eating all day and having lots of snacks and never having a a period without food is that we're constantly stimulating the mTOR and we're stimulating insulin. And then we start to become over time or can become insulin resistance. And this can be a problem. And that can lead later on to metabolic dysregulation and diabetes. Then there are things like growth factors. So various growth factors, such as insulin-like growth factor 1, IGF-1, and epidermal growth factor, uh, EGF, activate mTOR by binding to the receptors on the cell surface. Now, these growth factors signal to the cell that growth and division are warranted. Nutrient availability, so apart from amino acids, other nutrients like glucose and lipids contribute to mTOR activation. Sufficient uh, nutrient availability signals that the cell has the energy and building blocks necessary for growth. So mTOR is sensitive to the cell's energy status as it interacts with AMP-activated protein kinase, which responds to low cellular energy levels so when energy levels are high mTOR activation is favored oxygen this is another important one hypoxia or low oxygen levels can activate mTOR in certain contexts this is relevant for for example in cancer cells where mTOR activation supports the adaptation to low oxygen uh, uh, oxygen environments it can also be um, when you're doing, uh, training at altitude or things like that, um, can, can be an effect there. Stress and inflammation, st- um, so stress and inflammatory signals can activate mTOR as part of the cellular response to challenges. And this can play a role in immune responses and tissue repair. Uh, physical activity, so exercise, especially resistance training or high intensity exercise can stimulate activation of mTOR in the muscle cells and this supports the muscle growth and repair. Cell density, that's you know one of the reasons why after your training you might want to have something like some, some protein to help uh, activate this mTOR at that point. Um, cell density and contact, so mTOR can Uh, be activated by cell density and contact inhibition signals, which play a role in regulating cell growth and proliferation. And external cues such as temperature, mechanical stress, and environmental toxins can also influence mTOR activation. So I have a great analogy that I want to help you to understand this concept of switching between mTOR and AMPK. So imagine you get the groceries and you bring them into the kitchens, i.e. that's nutrients coming into the cell, glucose, proteins, fats. And then you cook the meal, i.e. process through the electron transport chain and make ATP, the ATP helps you do all the things that you need to get done from moving around to thinking to growing hair to building your body. However, after you've cooked the meal, you need to clean up the mess and take out the garbage that the cooking process caused because you, 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 you need to bring in a new lot of groceries. And that's what we need to do. If we keep just bringing in the groceries and we don't clean the kitchen out, that's when we're going to have trouble. Okay, so I think that's a very good simplified analogy for what you're doing when you're going switching between mTOR and AMPK. And many studies have shown that calorie restriction does increase lifespan, but being a shriveled up miserable prune, but living longer isn't really ideal either. So we want to oscillate between these states and build build up, then rejuvenate and clean out. Okay, build up, rejuvenate clean out. Now, how long do you need to fast to instigate autophagy? Well, studies, uh, more studies are really needed to sort of elucidate exactly when, and it will be personal as well. Um, but with intermittent fasting or having a restricted time feeding window can be useful. And again, this is very personal, but somewhere between 12 and 18 hours of fasting is probably a great place to start. Caution, though, if you're pregnant, if you're, you know, children, uh, menstruating woman about to have their periods, um, probably maybe not the best time for the fasting or doing too long a fast or athletes pushing the boundaries may not benefit so much from this. So you must personalize your approach to fasting. Also, people who have eating disorders or things like that. You know, you've got to be careful that you don't tip yourself into um, the wrong sort of mental state. So autophagy may not kick in until a lot later. We don't really have conclusive studies at that at the moment. But if that we can say across the board, um, you know, doing some intermittent fasting and maybe if you want to doing some longer fasting or if you've got an illness or or you're wanting, um, you know, prevention of certain diseases then that might be a time to do longer fasts and there's some excellent resources out there. I did an interview with Dave Asprey and uh, on his book Fastest Way, highly recommend that book as well. So I think that's it for today thanks for hanging in there with me please do like the channel subscribe hit the bell do all of those good things and head over to my website com, if you want to see what we do um, i work with people health consulting have a hyperbaric oxygen uh, clinic as well and um, do dna testing all of that sort of good stuff so longevity anti-aging supplement range check out everything over at lisatarmati.com and thanks for your attention today really appreciate you guys That's it this week for pushing the limits. Be sure to rate, review, and share with your friends. Head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatamati.com.